Hello and welcome to SAE Tomorrow Today. I'm your host, Grayson Brulte. On today's episode, we're exploring STEM education at Sevilla Elementary West Campus in Phoenix, Arizona. And today I'm absolutely honored to be joined by STEM educator Mia De La Rosa, Principal Jennifer Bunch, and two of their amazing students. On today's episode, we discuss the importance of hands-on education and the positive impact that SAE's A World in Motion program has had on students. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the podcast, ladies. Thank you Thank for you. having us. Mia, when did you first become interested in education? <laughs> I didn't want to be a teacher. I fought it tooth and nail because um, in my experience growing up in Chicago, teachers weren't always awesome to, to my family members or to my people in my neighborhood. Um, in fact, we experienced a lot of times where it was just unfair, even unkind, and sometimes experienced racism in the classroom at a young age. So I had a, I was a very good student. I did really well in school. In fact, I found that school was my vacation. It was, it was a field trip from, from the space that I lived in, and I found that school was a great place for me as a learner. So I loved being a learner, but I did not appreciate teachers. I thought that they were sometimes out of touch. They, they were unkind sometimes. They weren't cool. They weren't hip. You know, they wore frumpy clothes and support hose. And so I did not want to be a teacher. At first, I wanted to be a cartoonist. And then I found out that they don't make any money. And so then I found my love in architecture. Uh, that didn't work out so well. And then in high school, I, I fell in love with engineering. I just kind of stumbled upon it because some of my friends were on the engineering team. We did uh, Odyssey of the Mind. And it was it became my family. And so I tried different careers. I did not become an architect. I did many different things. And each thing that I did, even in high school, I was always mentoring and training and educating. When I was in high school in 11th grade, I did calculus. And some of my friends were all getting D's and F's in a in a regular math class. And so uh, as a peer tutor, you're only allowed to have one tutor per kid. And I found myself this little classroom closet thing with a with a chalkboard. And I had like six or seven of my friends that I would teach math to all the time. And then I did restaurant management and they put me in charge of training all the staff, all the cooks, everything. So again, I found myself in these spaces where this is a typically male-dominated space, um, but they trusted me. I was actually a restaurant manager um, when I was only 20 years old, and they put me in charge of training. And so these kinds of things kept happening over and over and over again. And then I threw my hands up and I said, okay, fine, universe, fine, I'll be a teacher, but I'm only going to teach high school math, and I'm only going to be in the classroom for five years because I am not going to be that teacher with my glasses at the tip of my nose, sitting in my chair, yelling at kids and putting them in detention. Well, little did I know that to become a high school math teacher, the curriculum is pretty rigorous. And I can do math very well. I was on the math team in high school. But when you come from a space like where I do, I didn't have financial support and I didn't have family support. In fact, it was the opposite. I was supporting my family while I was going to school. In the beginning of my college career, I was working three part-time jobs, nickel and diming one college class at a time, until somebody told me, hey, you know you can get scholarships, right? And I was like, scholarships, what are those? And then lo and behold, here I was. So I ended up not becoming a high school math teacher just because I had so much life that 
I had to handle outside of classes that I was spending hours and hours doing one, you know, calculus problem. And so I switched to middle school. Uh, I got my bachelor's in, in elementary ed with a middle school endorsement. And I was like, well, you know, what's the difference between inspiring eighth graders versus ninth graders, right? I can do this in my sleep and graduate with honors, but I'm only doing it for five years. Well, joke's on me because um, I was selected as what they call a Rodell promising student teacher. And I had the great fortune of student teaching in the Alhambra School District, and they weren't going to let me go. So I was offered a job actually before I finished student teaching at Sevilla West, and that was in 2004. And five years came and left and again and again. And now I think I'm on my 18th year of inspiring young people who look just like me. And I think I'm, I'm, barely, I'm barely scratching the surface um, with the great work that I have to do. Do you view in, in, inspiring your students as your, your primary goal when the students come into your classroom, you want to inspire them? It, it's all about inspire. You know, when I was younger, I used to use the word motivate a lot. But motivate, if you look at the word motivate, it has motive in it. So what is a motive? It's an outside push, right? Like if I'm motivated to go to the gym in January, it only lasts for a couple of weeks, right? But to inspire, literally the word spire, like a church has a spire at the top, right? So to inspire means that I provide students with so many opportunities to just light their, ignite them from the inside out. And once they become inspired, that's, that takes on a whole life of its own. And, and we, we say, you know, I, I always challenge my kids on the first day when I meet them, I say, you know, you're gonna get steamed up and it's gonna look different for all of you and your timing is gonna all be different. But once you get steamed up, there's no stopping you. There, the, the amount of things that our kids can do and be and dream, it, it's, it's incredible. It's things that, you know, those of us who have been there done that could never even imagine. And so every day um, I, I, I smile all the way to work because I'm just like, what are, what are these kids gonna show me how to do today? How are they going to make me a believer again and again and again? So it's all about inspiration. The smile is rewarding and throughout your history, you've had these, it seems the critical moments from the engineering in high school to teaching the calculus to, to manage the restaurant. And, and here in your current career, in 2017, a volunteer from GM introduced you to SAE's World in Motion program. What were your initial thoughts when you first learned about the program? Oh my gosh, it was amazing. I, <laughs> I remember that the two uh, SAE volunteers, Don and Bill, they, they came to Seville with our very good community partner, Rafael from General Motors. And um, they're like, oh, okay, here's this program, you know, explaining it to us. And they're like, you know, we really want to make sure that it, it makes an impact. We were thinking like, you know, maybe 30 or 40 kids. And I remember laughing. I'm like, 30 or 40? We were thinking like 800. And they're like, what? And I said, okay, we'll go easy on you. It's not going to be all at once. But here at Sevilla, we don't cherry pick kids. We don't just say, oh, these cool experiences are for the smart kids or the good kids or the, you know, fill in the blank kids. No, that's not how this works. We inspire all the kids. And in fact, the kids that do the best at engineering experiences are typically the ones that haven't found their, their, their spark in traditional classes. And so that opened up a, a floodgate of 
of these very strategic and sustainable next steps to where we are today, where every single kid on our campus is afforded the opportunity to do immersive engineering experiences every single year. And when I say every kid, I mean every kid. Sometimes in school we say every, but we actually mean every good kid or every poster child or every, you know, whatever the criteria is. Um, our self-contained special ed kids, our autistic kids, our, our kids that I guess society would, would deem tough kids. No, they're the ones that shine. You're giving all these wonderful children an opportunity. Ms. Bunch, as the principal of Sevilla Elementary, what were your thoughts when me initially pitched the AWIM program? Well, in 2017, that was my first year as a principal. Um, but just it, it was exciting to me. And I thought, you know, how wonderful to learn that there's a, a, a partnership that is going to be by our side and help us sustain this vision of bringing STEM and authentic experiences to our students. Like Mrs. De La Rosa said, we, we had a culture where students had to qualify or meet a certain requirement or prerequisite to be involved in some of these non-traditional courses. And that was something we changed in my first year as a principal. And so it was really exciting to hear that, wait, they're going to bring mentors for our students and they're going to do hands-on experiences and they're going to do this again next year. So yeah, let's learn about this. Let's do this. So, What was the reaction from the parents in the local community, your first year as principal, say, hey, we're doing this really great program. Was it like, oh, we, we, we've got somebody here that's going to change things, disrupt things. What was that like? I think there was probably some, not doubt, but maybe like, can they pull this off? <laughs> and maybe just like, let's see the proof. Um, but I, I feel that um, the, it definitely increased awareness of the importance of STEM, the importance of um, encouraging students to get involved in this scary thing uh, called engineering. You know, um, sometimes that word does intimidate people <laughs> in general. Um, so it was, um, we saw an increase in parent involvement as a result of all of that. They're coming out and they're seeing their students participate. We were just in uh, Tucson for uh, a STEM competition, and we probably had more parents than anybody. Our pictures, oh, for sure. we had to take a panoramic picture um, because of all of our parents who drove out to be in support of their students. So I think it just overall sparked the belief, too, um, that, that it, being an engineer is attainable and it's inclusive. Mm -hmm. So You went from, can they pull it off, to, yes, they pulled it off. And now is it, okay, what is she going to do next? Is that what they're all waiting for? <laughs> Our teachers too. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have something pretty special here, you know, um, it, uh, you know, without our staff and our students and, and just this like innovation, desire to innovate and not kind of hover in that status quo spot as a school. Um, it's allowed us to um, launch a very innovative approach to educating the whole child here at Sevilla West. And Mia, from a teacher's perspective, how did you introduce the program? Did you have to get children to sign up or did you incorporate it? How did that go about? So <laughs> the first step is who's going to do this, right? So I'm only one person, which I can do some pretty cool stuff. Um, I've been known to create magic, but I'm one. So how do you get that synergy? And so you have to, you have to inspire the other teachers to believe in what you believe in. So 
metaphorically, they, they need to also drink the Kool-Aid because at Sevilla, we don't mandate. Miss Bunch does not say, you will do this, you will do that. She is, one of the great things about her is she's very democratic about decision-making, even, even our master schedule. And so we had to see, okay, well, what teachers want to do this? And um, when we started our first pilot, we had three teachers that said, oh, absolutely, yes, I want to do that. And so we were able to get volunteers from General Motors because of our longstanding relationship with them, as well as a couple of the SAE volunteers. And when people walk by and see kids flying airplanes, they're like, whoa, what's that? How do I get to do that? When, do, when is it my turn? And so then you just have this amazing energy that takes on a life of its own. And then they want to know, well, what's next? And so what happens is once you get the ball rolling, it, it, it's almost like our community, both our students and our teachers, expect us to continue inspiring kids. There is no replacement for a robust system that rallies around kids, particularly our under-resourced kids. And so to have this magic potion, really, or this recipe of we have community partners, we have funders, um, we have able and willing teachers, and we have incredible students, it just, it just makes sense. And then we just go on to the next from there. The students learn to, to fly a plane, but what other skills do the students learn as they go through that program? You know, that's an interesting question. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful curriculum, and the curriculum intends kids to have an immersive engineering experience. And so through this hands-on experience, the kids m might not realize that they're learning physics, but they are. They're learning troubleshooting, they're learning teamwork, uh, they're learning how to give presentations, they're learning how to make a product. and. Over the years, um, we have very smartly continued to add layers as we've gone. And so where we're at right now, we have taken the AWIM program, and it's almost a, a keystone to these real career-based things. For example, our, our kids have to create a client. They have to make an immersive video commercial. And so the AWIM now is just the starting instead of the end product. I like that, You're right. You, ha you have the client, you have to build the product and, and build the service. That goes with, with the hands-on experience. How critically important is it the hands-on experience for those students when they're going through the program? Oh, words don't teach. Words don't teach, experiences do. And so I can give you a book and, and as the adult in the room, I can force you, quote unquote, to read something and take a test. But does any teenager want to do anything that an adult makes them do? Does any adult want to do anything that they're made to do? There's no way. That's why inspiring, when you, when you release that inner awesome from within them, that's where the magic happens. And you've got to get stuff in kids' hands as fast as possible. And not just any kind of stuff. It has to be interesting stuff that sparks curiosity. And it has to be challenging, but not overwhelming. And I think that that is one of the things that the AWIM program does so well. And so you have this stuff in front of you. Now you automatically have the privilege of being able to find solutions. How cool is that? 
And then let's maybe layer on, oh, by the way, let's do, that's fractions. Did you, did you know that? No way, that's not fractions. Yes, it is. And so then they stand a little taller and they say things like, huh, I do math. I'm an engineer. I'm an artist. And now we have an identity shift. Not, no longer am I uh, relegated to 85019. No longer am I a victim of circumstances. No longer am I a, 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 a static receiver of what privileged people think I need to receive. Now I'm in the driver's seat as a 13-year-old, and this person in front of me is telling me that I can do and be and have anything that I want. That is priceless. I want to highlight something you said that was powerful. Words don't teach, experiences do. I'll repeat, words don't teach, experiences do. Miss Bunch, you go to the parents and, and the community, you say that. What has the feedback been? Have they noticed dramatic changes in their, in their child where they want to go home and build something? Or, hey, I'm going to go build this, or I'm going to go build that because I learned the, the skill in the classroom? Absolutely. Um, in fact, it, it goes beyond even what they do while they're here. Um, we have a number of students who have pursued specific high schools tailored to coding, engineering, um, and pursuing now college degrees. We actually just got a, an invitation in the mail um, for a high school graduation of one of our, I want to say our first, one of our first classes, our 2017 AWIM class. Um, and his parent actually joined us this weekend in Mesa for that big STEM competition that our students participated in. Her students are no longer you know, attending Sevilla West, but she believes in it so much that she wants to continue to support that legacy at Sevilla so other students are in involved in it. I think, you know, Ms. De La Rosa said the students are standing taller. I think our parents are seeing that in their own students. I, I, and I think it's what they don't say. You can see their body language when they're around their, their students and just watching them do things with their hands. It's a conversation starter around the dinner table, too. You know, usually when you say to a student, so what'd you learn today? Students are like, nothing. It was a good day. <laughs> <laughs> and now they are talking about, yeah, that hydro dipping that was just innovated. And now teachers are part of this project. And, and it's just, I think it's... Again, it's the belief, and I think all parents uh, want to see that their students believe that what they once thought was untouchable is now completely attainable. It's been very positive. You're giving children the jet fuel to succeed, to, to go to Mars, to go to the moon. You're, you're laying that, that foundation and giving them the fuel to grow. How many students are currently involved in the program at the school today? So through over the course of this school year, every by the, by in 15 days, we would have had 100% of our students or 725 students involved in our STEM electives. And as far as third and fourth quarter with some of the AOM projects, we have seen about a little over a half. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, from, from the hands-on perspective, they, they do the curriculum, but as the student said, okay, I'm going to build something, watch this, and, and build something that wasn't part of the curriculum just because of the skills that they learned? All the time. All the time. Those are the greatest <laughs> moments ever because I always tell them, I'm only offering you an idea. You are at the tip of the spear, and you have so many more innovative ideas that I could never come up with because you are dreamers, you're creators, innovators, change makers. And so I almost dare them to take the kit and, and hack it. And we have come up with the coolest things. And again, those cool innovations usually come from our kids that society has 
some opinions about. And so, for example, when we have a kid who has autism, society might say, oh, poor thing. No way. They have superpowers. Do you know that so many kids that I've encountered that have autism are phenomenal at coding? Phenomenal. Our resource kids that society would say, oh, that poor thing, he's five grade levels below. He's not going to amount to anything. Nonsense. They're the ones that you give the car to and no pressure to read, no pressure to take a test. They will create a new car that has never existed before. In fact, right now, um, I can just off the top of my head think of a dozen where they took two of the motorized toy car chassis and put them together to make a limo. Or one kid took off the, 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 um, the gravity cruiser. One kid took the gravity cruiser and said, you know what, I would like to add a motor to this. I'm like, cool. Is it gonna be powered by, by elect, like plugged into the wall? Or are you gonna make it solar? So I got him a solar kit and the kid is making the gravity cruiser solar. Who needs gravity when you have the sun? <laughs> I mean, I could go on for days and days and days, and these are the things that inspire me. And then it spreads around the room like wildfire because someone else is like, well, what? how did you do that? And they might want to imitate it, or they might want to one-up them, or they might want to say, I have an idea too. Can I try that? And the answer is, of course you can. In my space, we have exactly one rule, safety first. That includes physical safety, emotional, and mental safety. Aside from that, if you can dream it, you can do it. You could dream it. They can do it. Today, we're, we're honored to have you here, but we also have the students. Hi, Valeria. Hi, Jaylene. I'm super excited to learn about your classroom experiences. We heard Ms. Bunch and Ms. Della Rosa talk about inspiration. Can you please share with our listeners what inspired you to be a part of the program? I wanted to be in this program because when I was little, I've always wanted to create stuff when I'm older. And obviously, when I was little, I always... O- I would always, you know, create things and build things and all that. And now that I have an opportunity here at Sylvia to do all this, I am beyond grateful. Jalen, why did you want to be a part of the program? I was just like, you know, testing out the waters. I I wasn't sure if this is what I wanted to do. But once I like, you know, got in touch with the gears and stuff and I was able to like, I found out different ways of my personality and stuff. With, with an artist background, did you want to make the coolest, best looking stuff and design it like nobody else could? Yes, I did. Um, I actually painted the wheels gold and like nobody else really did that. So yeah, that's another different touch that I did on the car. I love that. And then Valeria, you're the engineer. So does Jaylene design the product? You engineer the product and you come together like you're on a team? Yes. So I did the gears here, which was kind of difficult, but Ms. Del Rosa here emailed me a video of how to do it, and it easily clicked in my mind, and I'm like, wow, this is actually really easy. What did you learn during the program that you said, aha, I'm going to learn something really interesting? I learned that I want to do this in my future and create my own engineering company and all that. Was it the program that said engineering's cool, I want to go down that road where you want to own your own engineering firm one day? Was it the program that started or were you interested in engineering outside of school? Yes, it was a program that's like made me come out on how talented I am and all that. And Jaylene, can you please share how the program inspired you? I would always go to like my family events and they would also do like the engineering things, like the Lego cars and like all that stuff where like you build like the Lego cars and like 
they move it with like a remote control and that always had me like curious on like how they would connect the cords and like how um they would just build it in general and I think that's what like also had me inspired. You're inspired. What was the highlight of the program for you? Did was there a major takeaway that said this was the coolest thing we did during the course of the program? The highlight was I was able to not only do what I enjoy, but I was also to do it with like the people that support me through life. And I was also able to work with them. Valeria, what was your highlight? My highlight was I was able to do this with so much other people and other people who's also talented as like me. And that was the highlight. Like I love doing this with other people and learning different things with other people and then them teaching me how to do this and do that. It goes back to what we discussed earlier with, with the hands-on learning experience. What impact did Miss De La Rosa have on the program's success? I think the impact she had was that she um, really pushed us to, you know, be our greatest versions of ourselves. And even when we doubted ourselves, she would always tell us, like, no, you could do it. And even if it meant like she had to get out of our way to do it, she would. And I think that's that was very um, sweet of her. I feel like she's one of um, our best teachers here just because she's always telling her students that they could do whatever and they're rock stars and all this. Engineers are rock stars. They build really cool things that impact everyday lives of people throughout the world. As you look to move on to the next grade, what will you take away from the program? Well, I hope to be a mentor to um, students that come in to eighth grade next year. And I hope that we can tell them that, like, even if they believe that they can do it, that they can. Because um, we were in their shoes once and we, we doubted ourselves once. But even though we doubted ourselves, yet we're here taking this opportunity to do bigger things. You're taking the opportunity to do bigger things and you're learning because as Miss um, Della Rosa said, words don't teach, experiences do. And that's clearly what's happening here to the students. Thank you so much for, for joining us today, uh, for sharing your stories. Mia, as the, the teacher, what are your thoughts listening to those students sh- share their pride of being part of the program? I, it just makes my heart sing. You know, a long time ago, Ms. Bunch and I learned that we have to tell our story. Otherwise, somebody else will. And it'll be an outsider who just doesn't really understand what's going on. And it's so important because I grew up in a way that makes me, I mean, literally I've walked in their shoes. So I'm, I was one of them. And so it makes a very, very special, I don't know, just, just tugs on your heart to see these youngsters just, just, just killing it. I mean, they really do believe that they can be and do and have whatever they want when they are surrounded by a team of believers that rally and lift them up. That's probably the most important part about AWIM is nothing great can happen alone. It, it, it's it's got to take a team. Uh, it's, it takes a village, right? And so with our AWIM program being so comprehensive at Sevilla West, we have all the right people in place to lift our kids up from parents to, um, I think one of the girls mentioned, wanting to be a mentor to the next generation. That's a part of the Sevilla culture. 
And our business partners, our university partners, our funders, nobody's role is insignificant in the lifting up of our youth. But it starts with you as a teacher, because as you said earlier, you inspire these children. You inspire them to do this. How do you inspire them to, to go on to greatness? I don't know. That's a tough question. How, how do I inspire them? I, I guess it's just authentic. Um, it, it comes easy. It comes natural because I was them. And because school was a, a comfortable and safe place for me, like I mentioned earlier, it, it was a vacation. It, it's a field trip. And so I guess, you, you know, we all bring our prior experiences to where we're at in our, in our current space. And for me, I believe very much in providing my students with field trips. And a field trip is, is a break from the norm, right? You, you can leave the dishes alone. You can leave the bills, the list of to-dos, the whatever it is, and you can just be free for a moment. And I believe that that's what we do here with our hands-on immersive engineering experiences. And so it just brings me a, a, an immeasurable amount of joy to see them not only enjoy their experience, but then double down on it and be like, okay, well, what else can I do next? You know, as the aesthetics experts on their teams of four, you know, we have kids trying to design these cars to look good because nobody wants to drive an ugly car, right? Ugly cars don't sell no matter how efficient or, or, or well-built they are, right? <laughs> and so you have these aesthetics experts like, I want racing stripes, I want a, I want a lightning bolt. And then you have uh, our Christian is like, well, miss, can I hydro dip? And the answer is yes. <laughs> we just have to figure it out. Let's YouTube, let's get some materials. And the next thing you know, this kid is an eighth grader and he has customers lined up teachers oh christian can you hydro dip my my water bottle christian can you hydro dip my phone case and this kid looks at me and he goes i'm an artist and i go i know and you're gonna make your first million before you're 18 and he's like yep and and how can i not be the luckiest person in the whole wide world how can anybody tell me that i don't have the best job in the world i get to inspire young people who were built from the same cloth as me to dream and do and be. Miss Bunch, is, is the school renamed School of Inspiration now? <laughs> it will be. <laughs> How does it make you feel when there's these wonderful success stories coming out of your school? I don't know. At times I, I don't have words, but if I had to pick one, I think it's just being so grateful for it. I know we keep using that phrase, it takes a village, but really it, schools can't do it alone. And when we um, have great uh, partnerships like SAE that are, is going to, sustainability is so critical. So if you, you know, oftentimes in education, there's this great idea and this great program and it's only great as long as the money's there or you have enough, you know, wills for the, the cars, you know. Um, and so, you know, one of our focuses is to make sure that we have sustainable partnerships. And, uh, you know, the, it's just so awesome uh, that when you ask Ms. De La Rosa, how do you, you inspire them? How do you inspire them to go on to greatness? I think that we all love feeling success. And then, th then knowing that there's sort of like this system of support that's going to keep pushing you and supporting you and then show up to your high school graduation and then help you write, you know, get a letter of recommendation for that college or that high school application, I think just all of those things 
you when you look back, right? When you look back on and ten years, and what did you contribute? I think everyone in education says, "I want to make a difference. I want to have an impact." And I'm grateful that collectively we are going to get to look back and say, "We were able to 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 achieve that that goal with the help of so many." You're achieving that goal. You're allowing children to dream, to, to, and then you're giving them to dream, and then you're giving them the tools to succeed, to build upon that dream. How are you planning on scaling this program to have an impact on even more children? Through uh, our partners, of <laughs> our SAE partners. And, and I think that's one of the beautiful things, really, when I say sustainable, it's, it's so important. I think what's so fun about being joined with SAE is that they, they kind of dream big with us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, one of the reasons why we are able to say, yes, every single one of our fifth through eighth grade students will participate in AWEM is because of um, SAE and because of our parent that gotten involved and is still around, you know, three years later <laughs> um, to help us write some uh, writing grants and, and, and making that possible. You know, it's so awesome to see our students, that spark in their eye. When you go in, you know, and talk to our students about what has this done for you? Why do you like this class? That's also how we say, like, how are you going to sustain this? How are you going to build this? It's student input, too. I mean, we want to know if you got to choose again, would you pick this? You know, Um, and our fifth grade teachers are saying, this is the best part of my students' day. When they're, they, they've gone, they go to art, they go to PE, they go to music, and they go to STEM. And when the students uh, are learning, oh, today's STEM day, they are just elated. So it's pretty special. It's special because the, the, the child looks forward to going and it motivates them to go to school. I don't want to go today. I don't want to go. No. Oh, it's STEM day? Oh, okay. And, and, out, the, and out the door they, they go. Uh, Ms. Bunch, what advice would you have for another school district that is considering the SAE a world in motion program? Uh, do it. I mean, I, I don't, I can't think of a reason why somebody would say no. Um, if we really truly are in the business of saving lives and growing and inspiring, we have to look at what are we doing right now to get them uh, ready, prepared, and feeling successful for this information age. And 21st century skills are where it's at. But again, it, it, it requires risk. Um, it requires uh, collaboration, time, vision. And I think that it, what's really important is to encourage your teachers to take that risk and to be with them every step of the way. Um, start slow so that you can launch it, find that success, and then duplicate that process. Um, energy, attitudes, it's all very contagious. So, uh, you know, we did start small in 2017. And as everybody was walking by, they're like, I want my kids to be a part of that. And the students are like, why aren't we part of that? And so we're here. They can reach out to us. We'll help them too. But I don't. I can't think of a reason why they wouldn't. SAE has been just a gift, really. I'm going to echo what Miss Bunch said. Just do it. It's a slogan that's used around the world. And from sneakers to sports to education, just do it. Mia, putting this conversation into context, what is the future of education? That's great. I'm so glad you asked that because, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the girls' amazing car that they built and, you know, they took it upon themselves to 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 just, wow, jazz up their car. And I'm sitting here and I'm looking at it and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, it's not about the car. The car is not an end game. We don't teach cars. Our kids are going to go into a world that doesn't exist yet. They're going to have careers that don't exist yet because they haven't designed them yet. They haven't innovated 
the world yet. So the great thing about it is our kids all of a sudden know that they are in the driver's seat and they can do anything. When they become inspired to learn because they need to fix this gear or because they need to make this video edit, that is priceless because now we know that they are so efficacious, they are so empowered, they are so autonomous that they will continue to seek out greatness and will be the person that gets in their way because I don't think that they're going to be stoppable. Yet is a powerful world word because you're not saying no, you're saying I haven't done that yet. I'm going to do this. Wait, haven't done it yet. It's very powerful because you're leaving the door open to greatness. And as we look to wrap up this insightful conversation, what would you like our listeners to take away with them? And Mia, we'll start with you, please. You know, everybody can be a teacher. Everybody can be a mentor. It it doesn't have to be a name tag. It can be a, a chance interaction at the grocery store. And when you see kids that look like us, look into their eyes and see unbridled, unadulterated potential. Don't see their zip code. Don't see how much money their parents make. See them as capable and empowering and inspiring young leaders that are getting it done if we get out of their way. This bunch, that's a powerful statement from one of your teachers. What would you like our listeners to take away from your perspective? I say find ways to make these opportunities possible, whether you're a parent, whether you're a a principal, (laughs) um, a teacher, let go. I think also, you know, uh, we have fifth graders who are getting ready to program drones through a drone tunnel that our teachers are designing for, for them. So model, be innovative believe. I think that's the other thing. You know, who would think that 10-year-olds would be able to take an app on our Verizon iPads and start programming drones? I think it is about, you know, what is the future of education? The things that we have been learning in classrooms since the 1900s are things you can Google now. And so what what are we going to teach them to really, truly get them ready? Um, And what's the outcome? So coding, it's just, it's one way to get so many things done. Um, And so I, I say, let go and and be be open be innovative think outside the box be collaborative so that something really great can happen you know and and i'll piggyback off of that thanks to so many of our partnerships that we have had this experience with for over a decade our all of our kids have an ipad that they take home if if teachers and i don't necessarily mean classroom teachers because we're all teachers if teachers are wasting our kids time with something that they can google they will not be inspired. And one of the things about this 21st century space that we're in is we have got to get rid of this idea that because I'm older than you, you must comply. Or because I make more money than you, you must comply. Those days are over. We have to look at our kids and say, how can I say yes? How can I, I I dare myself to only see the positives in our kids, not the negatives not the distracting behaviors, not any of those things. Because when somebody is not acting awesome, it's because they're disconnected from who they really are and who they're really supposed to be and who they're really meant to be on this on this space that we're in. And so what would happen, what would happen if all the teachers of all shapes and sizes just said yes and just had fun and 
and had a loving relationship with their kids. What if, just what if the only thing that mattered is how do my kids feel right now? How do they feel? Imagine what that would look like in 10 years from now. Imagine if we made the impossible possible because today is tomorrow, tomorrow is today, and the future is hands-on education. Mia, Miss Punch, and the students, thank you so much for coming on the SAE Tomorrow Today podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to SAE Tomorrow Today. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please kindly rate, review, and let us know what topics you'd like for us to explore next. Be sure to join us next week when I speak with Tarek Bolat, co-founder and CEO of GPR. We'll hear about the revolutionary ground-penetrating radar technology that Bolat says is more accurate than traditional radar, LIDAR, or cameras in autonomous vehicles. SAE International makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information presented in this podcast. The information and opinions are for general information only. SAE International does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast.